0: So, Christina, welcome. Really excited to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Do you want to start by just giving a bit of background about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So my name is Christina Picton and I'm a para-athlete. I've been playing para ice hockey for 15 years. uh, And I've been just recently started uh, in para Nordic sit skiing for the last two seasons. So, that's kind of what my boarding history is like. Um, I'm a graphic designer. I've been working for six years now. And
0: so, when, when did you get involved in sports? When did you start playing sports?
1: Well, when I was 11 years old, my parents got me involved in um, a wheelchair softball league, like a local wheelchair softball league, which was really cool. It was kind of my first um, introduction to para sports and sports for kids with different abilities kids with in wheelchairs amputees like myself and just different all different types of abilities and, and different ages and everything it was a really great um, way to kind of get started and get my foot in the door and it just launched everything like from from softball I met other kids that had tried wheelchair basketball or or sledge hockey and so hearing about the different sports and the different kids um, experiences kind of got me curious about more board and getting more involved so that was kind of where everything started.
0: Yeah that's exciting so yeah you were exposed at a, at a pretty young age then to different options anyway.
1: Yeah and just being good at a sport for once was kind of cool because at that age you're in elementary school and I'm uh, as I briefly mentioned I'm um, an amputee so going out uh, and participating in an elementary school gym class or or recess for example I wasn't really good at it it was hard to keep up with other kids or like teachers didn't Mm. exactly know how to adapt classes or sport for the few kids that had disabilities uh, in our grade right so um, yeah being an environment that it was actually all adapted and and you know you weren't that odd man out it was really it was really cool.
0: So you're exposed to a couple different types of sports. You said wheelchair basketball and, and baseball or softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually you landed on, on hockey. Mm-hmm. So how, how, did that, how did that come about?
1: Well, it was one thing. I remember one kid, his name was Kyle. He mentioned hockey and how it, it's so much fun, but it was so hard. And you have to wear all this equipment. So you feel really <laughs> slow. And he was just mentioning like all the things he kind of didn't really like about it but everything to me sounded like, Oh, I want to just try that. Like everything about it. <laughs> and I don't know what well, he said. It was hard. I was like, well, I bet I could do it. Like, I don't know. I'm competitive. And even at that age, it's probably not, not healthy. I don't know. But, um, my dad really pushed as well. Like he pushed for me to get involved more cause he kind of saw that softball wasn't a passion of mine. Um, so he's like, okay, let's try hockey. So we tried hockey that winter and, it like immediately I can remember that feeling of getting out onto the ice for the first time. And like, you don't have to use your lower body at all. Right. So and it's kind of cool. Like looking back at things now, like looking at old home videos or whatever, like as a toddler or I was always climbing stuff. I was always using my upper body to like climb and pull myself where I wanted to go. So it, it makes sense. Like getting out onto the ice and not needing my legs and just being able to use, the strength in my arms and my back, like to move around just got me hooked immediately.
0: So tell me, tell me about that then when you first started hockey, what, what's involved in that in terms of equipment and maybe how it differs from NHL type hockey that most people are familiar with?
1: With para ice hockey or sledge hockey, they just recently changed the name. So like, I was going to really-
0: ask that is because yeah. some people call it sledge hockey, but then I hear para ice hockey and I wasn't sure what the, the standard is on that.
1: Yeah, so I think they really just changed it in the last two or three years. So you'll hear a lot of us go back and forth with it. So I apologize for that. Um, So para ice hockey, I'll try to stick to para ice hockey. Para ice hockey, uh, you're sitting down in a sled um, and it has two skate blades underneath your bucket, which is where you're sitting. And then you use two smaller hockey sticks that have metal picks on the ends. And then um, like a like kind of like a hockey stick where you're controlling the puck, but it's just like a different angle. So you've got two sticks with picks, blades under your butt, and then you're, you're using the picks and your arms and your muscles and your back and everything to kind of pull yourself across right. the ice. Um, kind of similar, like, it's, like if you think of skiing, it's really similar to skiing and double polling. Because so then you use both your hands to control the puck and to shoot the puck, and it's pretty much all the same protective equipment as stand-up hockey. Uh, just we don't wear the hockey pants and we don't wear skate.
0: So that that's pretty low to the ice, eh?
1: Oh, yeah, it's great. It's so, cool. it's very freeing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool because like, it's like you get anybody out there of pretty much any ability level and it just levels the playing field completely. Like, you you know, like we in our home leagues, we play against able-bodied athletes as well. And it's just like you, once you're out there, it's an even playing field and nobody really has an advantage. You know what I mean?
0: I had another guest on recently, Danielle Duplessis, who, who participates in wheelchair basketball. And she had mentioned something similar with that is that, you know, it's, it's open to, to anybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and being in the wheelchair makes, like you said, every, everybody's on a level playing field. So that seems to be a pretty common theme across most para sports, which I think is great. So are there any, I guess, interesting or fun stories you want to share about those early uh, para ice hockey experiences or as as you transition to play for, for Ontario and, and, and now Team Canada?
1: Yeah, I probably didn't actually learn hockey until like five years into playing because it wasn't about the game at first, really. It was more just about that feeling of going fast and kind of being good at something. But really, yeah. I didn't like I didn't learn the sport. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> it took a couple of years for me to start thinking strategy or positional play and and all that. So I think that that kind of made it a little bit more um, like genuine, maybe of a passion, because it just felt like so great being out there. And I just love being athletic and getting a chance to excel and be fast and, and control mm-hmm. the puck. And maybe if I got a goal every once in a while, like that was great, but it was more just about like having a chance to be active and have community and make friends and everything. So I think that was kind of the early years. And then when I was 16 was when I really, I saw that I could actually go further than just like a club level team. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned Team Ontario. So it was 2011 or 2012 that um, I I tried out for the provincial team for the first time. And that was like my first real serious, like I'm going to work over the summer and I'm going to, you know, get ice time and I'm going to practice and get ready for those tryouts. And it was exciting. It was one of the first times that I had a goal and I worked towards it. And then when I didn't make it, it lit that fire even harder. So like, you know what I mean? Like it really stoked that, that fire and that competitive edge. And it made me work even harder that season so that the, the, the next opportunity to try out like I, I would make sure that spot was mine instead of just kind of hoping for the best so that was yeah. kind of my first experience
0: it's interesting you mentioned you didn't have a, a mind for sort of the, the strategy of the game it was just when you started it was just going out and having fun and we see that so much in in most youth sports where you can actually turn youth athletes off of a sport by introducing that sort of extreme competitive aspect. Uh, whereas if, if you just go out, and, you know, kids just want to have fun. They just want to throw a ball around or shoot a puck or whatever, right? So
1: and I think my parents did a really good job of keeping it that way too. I was involved in martial arts when I was really young too. And, and then it just kind of got to a point where my my disability did kind of hinder me and I got really frustrated and I couldn't do certain technical things. So it was good that I found something that was adapted for me and that just became a passion and just was fun it wasn't like I was trying to keep up with my older sister and try you know what I mean like doing something yeah so it was really positive um growing up and then my passion and my goals I kind of developed on my own they never really were pressured from from anybody from coaches from parents from any of that it all kind of developed internally which is which is really cool I also got involved um with the women's team uh in 2010 which was really cool. It was a group of, it was a group of like 10 girls from, I think they were all from Ontario at that point, actually. And it was pretty much just a program where it was like, hey, let's just have a team that's all women, because that's not a thing at all. Like it was pretty rare 10 years ago, or eight or seven, even six years ago to have more than one woman on a local club team like I play out of Niagara and I was the only woman on that team for eight years and I've I've been playing for 15 years right so like majority Mm -hmm. of my career I was just playing with the guys which was awesome and it was a really great experience for me yeah so the women's team started as a let's get more than one girl on the ice together (laughs) and let's just have some fun right and that's kind of how that program started. and I was It was such a great experience as well to, to get involved at that age and just kind of meeting other women in sport. And yeah, so a few of those women that I met in that program when it was such a brand new idea and program, um, they were also trying out for Ontario team. So like some people started to, I kind of started to see more people in different areas and we started to develop similar goals. And then it kind of became a really great relationship where we would be pushing each other to reach those goals. And and yeah, so it was all really, it was all really positive, I I think.
0: So I guess an extension of that, um, what does being a parasport athlete mean to you?
1: Well, it's such a huge part of my identity. It's funny, because I mentioned my sister in martial arts. So my sister, she went on and became um, a boxer and like an MMA fighter. And like, he's a great athlete and I look up to her a lot so um, and then I kind of went on with hockey and it's just funny like there's a joke in our family that when my mom and dad had two girls they thought that it would be gymnastics and like ballet or something but it turned into hockey mom and like a fighter and like just (laughs) like the total opposite of what my mom had in mind my dad loves it I, I mentioned that just because the sports and being an athlete have become big parts of our identity, my sister and mine. So like the fact that I'm in Parasport sport and I've been working hard to develop the women's side of sledge hockey and bring awareness and, and just into just Paris sport in general, it, it means a lot to me. And it's something I didn't really see happening for myself, but like the fact that it did, like, I'm so happy and I wouldn't have changed anything about that.
0: Yeah, and, and you mentioned some of that sort of growing the sport piece. And we'll circle back to that a little bit later. But now I'm, I'm curious, now that you've mentioned sort of how you got involved from, at, from the club level to sort of those Ontario or provincial tryouts, how did this develop into you representing our nation?
1: Yeah, that's been a crazy journey too. <laughs> back in 2010, when it was just a group of girls with uh, dad coaching us, um, that's where it all began in Canada. And over the years, I've been involved. Wow, it's been 10 years now. Like, it's been 10 years. That's so cool. So about five years in, Tara Chisholm, she got involved with our program. And she was from Alberta. And so a bunch of different things kind of got that happened. But she got involved and was invited to become an assistant coach with the program. And she brought in a whole new energy for it. And she, you could just tell from the first time I met her that she had an idea of making it way bigger than what it was at that time, and and not to say that the founders, Keith and Sandy Metzger, didn't. They did an amazing job to get it where they did get it, where it was, you know, annual tryouts and women coming from from different provinces and and wanting to be a part of the program and representing Canada on that that kind of unofficial note but when once Tara got involved and our manager Janice got involved they just had a lot they had a bigger vision for the program and it's become what it is today we're incorporated women's para ice hockey of Canada and we're creating different levels of development we're doing grassroots development provincial and we've even gone international where we've gone and mentored different nations to create their own programs and women's and and teams so sorry you asked such a simple question but it's like this crazy it's just been a really crazy journey the last five six years and and all the while like I've been competing on our elite women's national team and we've managed to get uh, a bit more recognition from you know like Fort Canada and CPC the IPC and we've worked with Hockey Canada over the over the last few seasons and we're getting we're getting more and more traction and I think the sport in general gets more popular every year like after the men's championships like and then Paralympic Games like people see the sport and they they're starting to recognize it more and then they are asking the questions of like okay well what about the women like hockey in Canada is so huge right like Mm -hmm. where's the women's side of things so I think that yeah the journey of representing Canada and and growing the sport in Canada and internationally has just been it's been amazing to be a part of
0: yeah and I find that you know, you've been involved in something that coming in at at a a critical time where the before and after, like where you started, where the sport was when you started and and where it is now, it you know, there's been so much change and you've been involved in that, which it's it's incredible. It's such a cool story. Uh, so I'm glad you're you're sharing that. So now that you're competing for Canada, you are also the Canadian captain. Talk a little bit, I guess, about, about your leadership style and how you perceive the role of a captain uh, on a sports team.
1: Well, OK, so Tara chose me uh, to wear the the captaincy on my my jersey for in 2014 was the first time I, I got to wear that and that was like it's really hard to like describe the, the honor and just like how how much pride it gives me that she trusted that to me and and like that she continues to trust me with that yeah. with that role but I think the reason that she chose me was because my work ethic, I guess, whether I was wearing that letter or not, I like to be the hardest worker on the ice. <laughs> like, that's just kind of part of my, my personality as an athlete. And, and I like to push myself, I, I don't really, I don't like to settle. And I feel like that I was able to lead by example for many years. And so when she kind of made it a bit more official, the rest of the team really responded to that. And I think that, yeah, I, I, it's just such an honor. It's such a, I'm really bad about, like, I'm really bad talking about like that side of myself. Like I can talk about hockey and stuff all I want, but when it comes to my leadership style, it's just, I, I just try to lead by example. Cause like, if you don't, if you aren't going to go out and do the work, how can you ask anybody else to do the work you know
0: yeah definitely so you'd mentioned that you'd done some international advocacy sort of grow the game work do you want to do you want to share some experiences about that like where whereabouts did you go and what was involved in that
1: so the biggest standout event in my mind that i was a part of was in 2017 we went over to chuncheon south korea and it was a part of the um, actualizing the dream project that was put on by the Aguidos foundation and uh, Canada went over and we mentored 12 nations in coaching and 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 in just and we mentored players. So there was 12 different nations represented and they each brought two or three of their athletes. And there was coaching courses that Tara and uh, uh, Derek Woodson put on. And uh, so they were teaching the coaches and then the players on the ice were mentoring some of the newer players from different nations there as well. So that was a week that we were spent there. And it was just so incredible to meet new women that were. Um, excited about the sport and excited to learn and USA was there as well so they had sent a couple athletes so it was cool to show them what was possible like some of the some of the top athletes in the women's game were there and we were giving lessons and teaching and we had some fun games so it was really an inspiring week for I think everybody there because Canada and US we've had programs like 10 years now and we just want to see the world grow to get to that point where we are as well as well so that we can all grow the sport and get to the Paralympic Games together so it, it was very if any of us were feeling like we weren't making progress like that was the week that like that proved you wrong you know what I mean like those feelings of like oh it's gonna take forever to get this going like it was the complete opposite experience where you saw how excited people were how excited the coaches were to develop programs and start start their organizations and get things going and then I think they were also very motivated by seeing the Canadian kind of template or or the mentorship or example and and it was just really it was a really uh exciting experience and I was really really honored to be a part of it.
0: That's so interesting yeah looking forward then what are more long-term goals both as an athlete and and as an individual as it relates to your sport and like you mentioned which is such a big part of your your athletic identity and your personal identity?
1: Well I mentioned that I've started Paranordic skiing Um, so my athletic goals for the next couple years are really going headfirst into skiing. Hockey is obviously like it's definitely my passion and it's and I've been really honored to be a part of the growth and 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 accomplish the things that I have in that in that side of things it's going to be a few more years until we're going to be a Paralympic sport just because of yeah we need different countries involved and more more athletes in general mm-hmm. and that that's just the reality of things so yeah I've, I tried Nordic skiing two years ago and it was kind of like it it was a really good fit. It was a nice new challenge. Um, the years that I've put into sledge hockey have really transferred over well so that I can ski pretty, pretty well, pretty efficiently. Like I'm not (laughs) definitely not a pro yet, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I've I've excelled pretty quickly into that. So I'm actually on, um, the next gen team for team Canada and the road is looking pretty good right now that if I keep working hard and, and my times and my, my skills get better and better. Like I could be competing uh, in 2022, which is kind of my goal. Well, it's definitely my goal. So I hope that I, I hope that I make it. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of my athletic plan for the next couple of years. And I'll still be playing hockey because I could never quit that completely. Yeah. And then, and just opportunities like this too. Like uh, that's another thing that I'm, I'm really interested in is still advocating for sport and for women in sport. So just having the opportunities to talk about everything that I've experienced over the years uh, with, with individuals like yourself, that's what I'm kind of looking to do. So, Great. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so you mentioned, you know, you're, you're trying out the, the paranordic skiing and it, it transfers. So I, you know, I've been um, a ski instructor for the better part of ten ten 10 or so years. And I always notice when I'm, teaching kids who play hockey is they're very quick to pick up on some of the skills and stuff. So is, is the, the skiing apparatus like very similar to the skate or yeah. or how, like in terms of transferability, you said it was pretty easy. So I'm just wondering how, how similar they are in, in that regard.
1: Yeah. So it's all very similar with skiing. I'm sitting much higher off of the snow than I would on the ice right? and on the ice my blades my two skate blades are like an eighth of an inch apart whereas like the sit ski it's the track width right which is I don't know what 11 or something inches so I mean there's a little different obviously there's a little difference there with maneuverability but um my hockey uh my agility from hockey has has really helped with the skiing for kind of popping up onto one ski to carve a corner or to to do different um, maneuvering in the snow and then and then the motion of double pulling is basically the same as sledge hockey. Right. So I mean, you're just using longer poles with snow with skiing. So um, yeah, the skills really transferred over well, and uh, I've just been kind of changing my my capacity though from being like a minute, minute and a half shift at a time to like a 15k. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, that's where the real struggle is right now. But it's uh, yeah. Other than that, it's it's pretty great.
0: That's interesting. And, and another change between the two is one is a team sport. Skiing is an individual sport. So it's not yeah. so much motivating a group. It's, it's just solely, you know, your, your individual performance. How, how do you feel about that?
1: That is probably the biggest challenge, to be honest with you. Um, I remember my first race it was, it was maybe, it was only like 5k. It wasn't anything crazy, but I remember it being the weirdest thing that I wasn't going back to the bench and I wasn't hearing like anything from anybody. It was just me in a forest. And and I, it was just so strange. I'm used to the energy of a team and like coming back after a shift and like having to debrief about what this could have done better, or that was a really great pass or a good shot or whatever. And so to just be out there and having to like you said, motivate yourself and just kind of it's more individual, you're kind of more in your own head. That's been a really unique challenge. And I think that it's coming at a really like a good point in my athletic career, too, because I've been playing hockey for so long. And it's this mental shift and, and everything being an individual athlete. Now, it's just kind of opening my eyes to different things on like the team side of things, too. So it's right. that like each sport is really complementing both like they're just complementing each other really well. And I think that I'm just so lucky that I'm an athlete involved in both that gets to experience both and develop as an athlete even further. So
0: you'd mentioned in an interview, in I think this was, if I got it right in 2015, you said that your dreams for competing for team Canada was particularly challenging because women's sledge hockey is not a metal sport in the Paralympics due to a lack of females, uh, female teams across the world. Uh, plus, we are not funded by Hockey Canada or any major corporate sponsor. And, and now, you know, a more recent interview you'd mentioned now that you have been able to uh, compete for Team Canada and, and you see the sport growing, you had mentioned that it's a great opportunity to showcase uh, what you're capable of and what women are capable of as well. So I know, I know you're a huge advocate of, of women in sport as well as parasport. So, so tell me about your experience throughout this process. You've been not only you know a leader for Team Canada, but also a leader for the sport more broadly in navigating that sort of before and after and breaking barriers along the way, as we've been talking about. So I'm interested to hear what this experience has been like for you.
1: It's been a really long road. That that first quote from 2015, it's still true. We're not we're not a funded team under Hockey Canada. We still don't have a major corporate sponsor. So we have been more supported with Hockey Canada over the last couple of seasons, which is amazing, uh, but we're still not under their umbrella. That's kind of one, one thing I just wanted to kind of uh, point out. And then mm-hmm. um, in the last two seasons though, Hockey Canada has recognized some, some of the women that are really working hard to break those barriers. And we were uh, there was like four of us that were invited to um, the, this, this annual development camp that Hockey Canada uh, hosts every year in April and that was a really big big step for for women in Canada and for Hockey Canada to to invite us there and to co- to try out and to compete and two of us made the, made the development team that year myself and my teammate Raphael and that was that was really exciting and from that from that exposure in their development program they went on and invited me to their senior team tryout so that was in September, 2019, that they invited me the first, the first woman in Canada, like what's known as their men's team, but it's their senior team. Um, So I think that's what that second quote um, was referring to just that. It was very, like, it was really exciting. I'm, I'm really honored that they, they recognized um, my ability and, and they gave me the chance to showcase it and, and try out for their, their men's, their men's team. And, and, I didn't, I didn't make their men's team that year, which, which I mean, I didn't, to be honest with you, I was, I didn't really expect to like they, the squad they have this year is they're second, they're amazing. They're an amazing group of men and they worked really hard and they, they everyone that made it totally deserved it. Um, but just to have had the chance and to have been the first woman in Canada to have the chance to try out for that team was, was unreal.
0: And right, right.
1: yeah, so I am captain of our women's team. But as I kind of mentioned, we're not under Hockey Canada still. Right.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, thanks for clarifying that Um, because I think again going back to that sledge hockey, para ice hockey, there there was a lot of confusion on on how some of that information was laid out. Uh, So I appreciate you clarifying that for me. So, you know, you'd mentioned some of the barriers around, you know, sponsorship and stuff like that. What do you perceive is sort of the next barrier uh, to be overcome for, for women in sport and, and parasport as well?
1: Um, I think the biggest barrier is still, I just think exposure. I think that if there's more exposure to parasport um, in Canada and, and just internationally, I think that more people will get a chance to obviously try it and see it and see what it's all about. and. And I think from that and seeing the positive impact that it has on communities and on individuals, just it, there, there's really n- nothing wrong coming from it. So I think that if people can see the positive impact that it has, there would be more, more opportunities for, for funding or for support or for like, let's start a local program here and get more kids involved. Like, I think that with exposure comes a lot of, a lot of positive impact can come from that. So,
0: right. Yeah. So what what would you say is the best way for, you know, a person like myself to support athletes and and sort of help grow awareness for that? I mean, podcast stuff aside.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I think that it is great that you're having a para-athlete on your your para-athletes on your podcast, though. So that is a really great step. Um, Otherwise, I mean, when things kind of get back to normal with with sports and activities and, and, and rec centers and everything... I think that if more athletes can can work with their communities to start different programs, like tried events, and like our women our women's team is a good example, our women's program, we do um we do mentorship sessions where we where women can come out on the ice and and try. it's a free day. It's a free practice where they get to learn from uh, national team members and coaches, and it's just kind of a really inclusive uh, inclusive day where everyone can try the sport. if more if more communities kind of made that possible, I think that that would be a really great start. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thank you. And so as an athlete who's taken a pretty prominent position as an advocate of, of women in sport and parasport, what are your thoughts on, on the fact that, you know, do you think athletes should be advocates for social change? This certainly is a divisive issue for some. So I'm just wondering what your what your thoughts are on that.
1: So I, I think I think that athletes who are passionate about their sport and passionate about making change for positive, it makes sense that it's it's important to them and it makes sense for them to be advocates for social change. Um, I wouldn't put that pressure on all athletes because that's not everybody's personality, but I and I do think that athletes that that work really hard and become, you know, prominent figures in their sport, they have an opportunity. To, to voice opinions like that and to encourage social change. Um, I don't think that it should be like, it's an opportunity, but I don't think that it's an obligation. You like know? that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of what I think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I, I, I like the way you phrase that. It's an opportunity, not an obligation. So we'll start to wrap up. And one of the, and again, one of the interviews, it had mentioned you had a nickname, The Mouse. I was just wondering. I was just wondering if you want to talk about the origins of that and, and sort of what that what that means if if you're willing to share that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's the one that made me laugh because that Hockey Canada quote is they misquoted me. So um that was actually the mouth, like what you talk with. So they obviously misheard me. But um that was from the, the Hockey Canada development uh program and try out week that i was talking about right um i talk a lot apparently (laughs) (laughs) i was the loudest one on the ice and just uh the coaches kept calling me the mouth that week and it was really funny but when the when the guy misquoted me and called me mouse i was like well i'm small so that's fine like i'm sure that it would still make sense so i just kind of went with it but uh yeah that was definitely the nickname was mouth (laughs) and that's too funny yeah (laughs) i was proud of it
0: Good. Yeah. I mean, communication in any team sport is, is critical, right? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I I was wondering too, because they gave a description for it after. And it, it basically that, that you, you know, you talk a lot, and you're very vocal when you play. And I, I saw, so I was like, oh, maybe it's something ironic, like, you know, quiet as a mouse. And then, you know, here she is talking all, all nonstop on the, on the ice kind of thing. But
1: yeah. uh, it's all a misquote. That's just as good though. Quiet. That's good. I should go with right. that next time. <laughs>
0: um, is there anything you want to, you want to touch on before, before we wrap up or any concluding thoughts you might have?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I just, I, I just want to thank you again for the opportunity to talk about Paris sport and my involvement. And uh, I'm really excited to, to see what else your podcast comes up because I've been listening <laughs> and it's been really awesome. So I'm excited for future guests.
0: I appreciate you making the time and, and to hearing about your story. So, so thanks for that. Thank you for tuning in to the athletic perspective podcast. Check us out online via our website, athleticperspective.com. Again, that's athleticperspective, all one word, com. or on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, whatever you prefer. We have some great guests, some great content lined up. So stay tuned for more.